Well, good morning again. Welcome to St. Paul's. And to those of us joining online, we're so glad that you're all with us. And it's been wonderful uh, to see more and more people coming back in person and actually getting to meet some of you in the flesh for the first time. It's great. How often have you said something like, I will never, ever do that again? Like, never again. It was so obvious in the moment how destructive the choice was, either trivial, like eating the whole bag of chips, or much more serious, you fill in the blanks. And then within days or weeks, you've done it again. Oops, I did it again. One of Britney Spears' biggest hits. Don't judge me. The only reason I know that is because we have three daughters. A memory even of something that at the time was so clearly disastrous, it can fade. It can lose its power and grip on us, and we do it again. We forget the things we need to remember. And then on the other hand, we remember the things that we need to forget. There may be words in life that you've heard. You'll never amount to anything or pictures or videos that you've looked at, or situations you've been part of that you would love to forget, and you can't. They have a grip on your heart. You're not just mentally recalling them, they're seared into your consciousness and they affect you. They impact your choices, your relationships, what you think is possible for your future. What we remember and what we forget what's seared into our consciousness and what is not, hugely impacts the choices we make every day and whether we have hope for the future. Now, I'm going to tantalize you by saying that the key, the key to how we handle all the troubles of our life is found in Psalm 103, which Henry just read for us, because Psalm 103 is about what we remember and what God forgets. So whether you're new with lots of questions and doubts, or you've been learning how to follow Jesus for years, Psalm 103 can be a gift for us today. We've just finished the first third of our E100 preaching series, looking at the essential 100 passages of the Bible, and knowing that past behavior is the best predictor of future behavior, it's been so encouraging to see how God has acted since the dawn of time. We've seen God make a covenant, that divine human relationship with the Israelites. I'll be your God, you be my people. God then led them out of slavery in Egypt into the promised land, and despite the fact that Every single time the Israelites drop their end of the bargain, God's remained faithful. And now Israel is in its golden age with its famous kings, David and his son Solomon, uh, the one who built the temple for God in Jerusalem in 957 BCE. Now the book of Psalms, or the book of Songs, that we read from today is closely associated with King David, since he wrote roughly half of the 150 Psalms, including a 103. And the Psalms is the preeminent place in the Bible that deals with matters of the heart. It's like a counseling casebook, 
with cases of just about every type of struggle imaginable. Anger, doubt, fear, shame, you name it. Emotions that may be very real for some of you here today. But what's interesting about this psalm is that it's not addressed to God, nor does it reference enemies or any particular problems that someone's struggling with. It's addressed to us, and very specifically, it's addressed to our heart, what our hearts remember and what they forget. Look at the opening verses. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being praise his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Right here, the psalm is diagnosing our problem, the reason we struggle to handle all the stuff of life. We forget God's benefits. We forget God's character, and we forget what God has done and will do, what we don't remember, what we need to remember. And while it may not sound like an earth-shattering revelation to us, that's the key that Psalm 103 is holding out as the way to handle life. Do not forget God's benefits. And this is because our English word remember doesn't do justice to what it meant in the original Hebrew. We think of remember just like, you know, mental recall. Oh yes, that's right, I went to the hockey game on Friday night. Or I can't remember the 28 uh, variations on my password for every stupid online transaction I have to do. But King David is talking about something much deeper than a simple mental recall. The Hebrew word for remember is one word you don't want to forget. It's zakar. To zakar is to use your hands and your feet and your lips in action based on what you're remembering. It's bodily action, not just the mental recall of something. It's the difference between two men remembering their wedding anniversary. Let's call these two men, I don't know, Tom and Taylor. Tom remembered his wedding anniversary by buying his wife flowers and writing in a card how much he loves her. Taylor remembers by marking it in his phone and is genuinely surprised when his wife bursts out at the end of the day, you forgot our anniversary. Of course I didn't, honey. I've been remembering it all day long. Doesn't work, right? Zakar, remembrance seared on our consciousness that leads to action, not simply remembrance of the mind, mental recall. You see, one of the terrible things that sin does in our lives, yours and mine, is that the beautiful, loving, and wonderful things that have happened to us, that should keep us hopeful uh, and patient and, and kind of calm in the midst of troubles, they fade. And it's the ugly, the lonely, the painful things. Those are the ones that stick. You know how you can receive a million compliments about something you've done at work? And it's the one critical email, the negative post, or the person who didn't speak to you. That's what sticks in our minds. Because what we remember 
What becomes central to our consciousness is what controls us for good or for ill. And if what is seared into our consciousness is that God is to be relied on, that God loves us, that God has good plans for us, then we will be able to handle whatever each day throws at us. But if what's imprinted on our hearts are the injustices, the slights, the hurts, the disappointments, and we all have them, we will be bitter. We will be frightened. So how do we zakar? How do we remember all of God's benefits so we can handle real life? Now the first verse again. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Notice the phrases here. My inner being, my soul. And King David then goes on throughout the psalm to recite many of God's past actions. It's like he's doing the E100 with us. It's as if he's preaching to himself, talking to his soul. And the rest of the psalm is a very like rational, disciplined remembrance of all of God's activity in the past, of how God has never abandoned God's people. This is why it's a terrific habit to read the Bible each day, right? A, a reminder, a remembrance of God's activity and character. This is why God has given us the sacraments of baptism and Eucharist, tangible reminders of God's grace and activity in the world. It's why the sacraments are indispensable to the Christian life. It's why being part of a physical Christian community is transformative. Because we're reminded that we're not alone as we learn how to follow Jesus. And we can link arms with fellow Christians to make a, a tangible difference in someone else's life. These disciplined, rational remembrances of God's presence and activity reading the Bible, taking the sacraments, being part of Christian community. They're feeding our innermost being, our, our souls. It's searing onto our consciousness, the character of God. So we do not forget God's benefits. Now, you could be forgiven for thinking that all I'm really talking about this morning with all this remembering, zakar, a remembering that shapes us for action. It's just a pious form of self-talk. I'm great, you're great, it's all gonna be great as the secret to get through life. And you really should cancel your pre-authorized giving if that's all we had for you today. Because that would just be an abstraction, just words. Just telling yourself each morning in the mirror that God loves you is an abstraction. It's an idea. It's not going to do the trick. But the gospel, the gospel is not an abstraction. One of the worst things that can ever happen to us is to be forgotten. For you to not show up at the party and no one to realize you didn't come. For people at work to not notice you've been on leave. Arguably the most haunting moment in the life of Jesus was when he was dying on the cross and he cries out to God the Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And actually the Greek for the word that we translate as forsaken is actually forgotten. 
My God, my God, why have you forgotten me? As King David talks to his own soul in this psalm, in verse 10, we read how God does not treat us as our sins deserve. And multiple times the Bible talks about God actually forgetting our sins. God forgets our sins because on the cross, Jesus was forgotten. Jesus was forgotten so we could remember God's benefits. God forgot Jesus for that agonizing moment on the cross so that we could be remembered for all eternity. Why does President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine inspire us so much? Why are we moved by this man? He's not forgotten his people. He's not abandoned them in their darkest hour. It seems as if he'll stay with them as the bombs fall and death descends. He moves us because he's willing, it seems, to lay down his life so Ukraine is not forgotten. He moves us because that's what we all really want. We want someone who will not forget us, who will not abandon us in the hour of our death. We want someone who's willing to die for us. This is not an abstraction. This is the gospel, that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son to lay down his life for our eternal freedom, for our eternal hope, for our eternal life. This is not simply an idea, a feel-good mantra so we can uh, say to send ourselves positive vibes. This is the reality of what God's done for us, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Moses, David, and Solomon. And when this reality becomes seared on our consciousness, our innermost being, then we will be able to face whatever's coming. And you see, the gospel is... It's not all about us. It's not just something simply to get us through the week, although it does do that. Not forgetting God's benefits is about us being equipped to serve others, our children, our friends, people we've never met across an ocean. Miroslav Volf is a Croatian theologian who teaches at Yale. If the absence of pain in our own life is our highest value, we will lack the courage to struggle against pain in the lives of our neighbors. Only when we've set aside our desire for comfort or career advancement or physical beauty or whatever it is that we think will uh, reduce the pain in our lives, only when we've set that aside as our greatest good it's a good thing, but not as our greatest good, our highest goal. Only when we have seared into our consciousness that God is good, God is faithful, God is to be trusted, will we have the courage to sacrifice for others. What pain is the West willing to suffer to struggle against the pain of Ukraine, or the pain of South Sudan, or the pain of indigenous peoples? God forgets our sins so we can remember God's love. We have a God who laid down his life for us so we can live for other people. That's what our 
time together this morning can sear into our consciousness, soak into our innermost being for tomorrow and for however many days God grants each of us on this earth. Friends, on Ash Wednesday, Christians around the world united in prayer and fasting for what's happening in Ukraine and for all other pain in the world, and there is much. And so I'd like us again today to pray for what's unfolding there, or just right now, that this prayer would move us into action. And we're going to tell you about an organization that we're supporting at the end of our service. But there's going to be a prayer up on the screen. It's from a French Christian community called Teze, and they wrote this prayer this week. But let's just take a moment of silent prayer, and then please join me with the prayer on the screen. As we remain in silence before you, we let this ardent prayer rise up. May the firing of weapons in the land of Ukraine cease. Welcome into your love those who are dying from violence and war. Console the families in mourning. Support those who have had to take the road of exodus. Faced with incomprehensible suffering, we still believe that your words of love and peace will never pass. You gave your life on the cross, and you opened a future for us, even beyond death. So we implore you, give us your peace. You are our hope. Amen.